Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into another edition of Horsepower Happenings. So much to talk about tonight. Two great guests for Open Wheel Night. We'll get into that coming up, but first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Darren Nida will race in Knoxville in 2024. The Blockbuster announcement was made on their social media channels on Saturday night. Adrian Native will race in the 360 division in 2024 for Dennis Ganey Racing Development. Chase Berta and company went to Daytona over the weekend. Almost a dozen drivers from around the area unloaded on the beach. Jake's Tour champion, though, was the fastest of the road to Daytona participants and of our regional drivers and the fastest driver in the fast track racing stable. And finally, USAC Silver Crown has added a new date to the calendar. The Big Booty Judies will unload at Salt City Speedway in Hutchinson, Kansas on July 19th and 20th. It's a debut at this new racetrack on the calendar. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Rich, uh, no MCDC on the show tonight, but uh, it's not motorsports related. But, man, I'd love to talk to Dan Campbell tonight after that Lions win. First playoff win that I've ever seen in my lifetime, Rich. That is a, that is so awesome. Good Monday evening to you, Zach. And you can see I have my phone here, right? I do see that. Why? Okay. I am going to play something just especially for Zach Heiser. Oh, boy. Here we go. Because I know what this means to you. All, all right. right. All right. Yes! <laughs> Forward down the field, a charging team that That's right. And win the blue and silver wave. Stand and cheer the brave. Rah, rah, rah. That Go is the Lions fight song. With honor you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a Lions victory. Go Lions! Love it. Love it. Good stuff, Rich. Just for you, Zach, on this Monday evening. What'd you think of that? Did you stay up and watch the game last night? Yeah, I went and had Pepsis and played Keno. What do you think? Yeah. I, I didn't stay at home. The wife and I sat around and had some Pepsis and uh, had a couple of mini Pepsis uh, every time that they scored. And 
What a night. Um, I'm 29 years old, Rich, and quick math says that means I've never seen them win a divisional title, and I've never seen them win a playoff game until 2023. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that my allergies flared up after it was all said and done last night. Well, I, w- I was fortunate I got to uh, enjoy the brief Barry Sanders era. So, um, yeah, and then it's been a long time ever since. Uh, boy, the boys really um, really did the job. Now, we'll have to see tonight. You know, uh, now another night with no sleep because we got yeah, we 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 to figure out who we to play. See, <laughs> to see who we get to play back at Ford Field again next week. Yeah, well, this isn't a football show, but I tell you what, a lot of crossover uh, fans from motorsports to football and a lot of bandwagon fans that we don't have room for. Uh, we've been here since the 2008, you know, and we were the worst team in the NFL. So um, and, we, and we don't have a conflict because they're playing on Sunday afternoon. You're exactly and, right. And we're busy on Saturday, so this works out perfect. This is going to be great. Hey, you know, we're already in Detroit, Rich. Why don't you uh, break out that credit card and get us a couple of tickets for Sunday's game? <laughs> credit card? We just take cash. I don't need to... <laughs> Why would I want to charge something like that? Oh, that's funny. All right, let's get into uh, what we're actually here to do, and that's talk motorsports, Rich. A lot of motorsports action in the last week, including uh, an event that you had been to at one time out in New Mexico. Yep, uh, Kyle Larson and Zach picked up the win in the $26,000 finale uh, at the Wild West Shootout at uh, Sunday at Beto Raceway Park. Uh, but the real winner for the week was Bobby Pierce, who last night, Zach, was actually leading in the late stages of that race before encountering a flat right rear tire. If he'd won last night, Pierce would have collected a $100,000 bonus for picking up five wins during the miniseries. Uh, Pierce did collect a $25,000 bonus for his four-win streak. Uh, Kay Dillard was the only other driver to find victory lane. That coming on opening night. What did you think? Of the, did you get a chance to watch uh, that little series out there this year, or was the Chili Bowl over top of it? No, I did. I did. I, I watched quite a bit of it. And, um, you know, they have that, that break where you have a couple nights off and then they go back and race Wednesday. Then they're off Thursday. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a long week. You know, I, I wish they just run them right back to back to back and get it over with. But um, it's it's fun that that's a racy little racetrack. It, what when it's right. I, they had a couple nights that were just not that good, to be honest. Yeah. And it was it was single file. There were you know, if you if you. If you went up top, there was a couple nights where you wanted to be up top, and that was the only place you could run. And then uh, I think the second to last night, I think that was on uh, on Saturday night, um, it was all around the bottom. So um, it, it, it was different, um, but, you know, it's it's early in the year. They didn't have preferred weather this year. No. It was, it was it cold, was cold and yeah. windy, and they had snow one night and on, on one of the nights off, I think, or after they finished, they got some snow. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't as nice as when I went to the Wild West Shootout in Phoenix. Uh, that was pretty nice. That was like seventies each day. Well, you know what was right over top of it this year, and weird scheduling for Flow Racing, but great job by them uh, to be able to get it done. Was the Chili Bowl Nationals, Rich? And we'll talk with Taylor Ferns coming up here in just a moment about uh, about her time at that event. But man, several hundred race cars. A weeks-long event. The Chili Bowl Nationals, I think, is getting to the point where it's kind of hard to keep up with everything that everything that's going on out there in Tulsa. I couldn't keep up with it. I mean, it, it, you sit there and you watch, I don't know how many races they have in a day, 
50 some races or 40 some races in a day and they start in the morning. Um, that's, that's a bit too much for me. So I, I kind of, I watched a little bit of the soup. Uh, I, I think I, I watched the soup from like F on, you know, so I, that was, I was able to see enough good drivers. I don't like, like watching a lot of the drive that I, most of the guys I'd never heard of before. Right. Not going to lie. Right. Right. But um, no, once you get once you get up into G or F, you start seeing some of the guys, some of the big names that maybe maybe had a problem on their preliminary day, and um, you're watching them try to race in. But what I did notice, Zach, uh, and and it worked up into the into the A main, um, the longest soup run this year, I believe, was four, and uh, I think last year somebody had thirteen or yeah. something like that. Um, so it was not. You know, if if you were not um, up near the front, you you weren't going to make it to the A main if you weren't in one of the one of the later later mains, the B or the C. Yeah, what do you think of track prep this year? Uh, you know, there were a couple times where I tuned in and it was really good. And and I think about Saturday specifically, I watched uh, some of the middle of the the alphabet soup, and there was a bottom and there was a top, and there was a, a an opportunity to really rip the lip and be smooth on the bottom. But that went away pretty quickly, and there was some criticism on Twitter after the 55-lap main event that it was, you know, it got to be locked down, and it was kind of a snoozer. What would you think? It was junk. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't stutter. Um, you know, Buddy Colfoyd looked like he had some speed up top at the beginning, the first few laps. Um, by the time there were seven, eight laps in, maybe they got to ten laps, uh, it was locked down on the bottom, and it was just follow the leader. Colfoyd. And it, and it took rubber, and once that bottom took rubber, it was over. It was single yeah. file all along the bottom. Pretty disappointing um, for that to be that to be the final event, and you end up with probably the worst racetrack of the week. What do you do? I mean, that's dirt racing, though, right? I mean, you, you you do the best you can, and then you play the cards you're dealt. They had they had so much time between all of the introductions that they did, and you know they they did all the states, and then they did the driver introductions, um, you know for for the A main. I can't believe they couldn't have tore up that whole little racetrack. It's the size of a basketball court, uh-huh. um, and and cleaned it all up. You know they I don't know why, yeah. and I don't I don't think they ever did tear it all up. Looked like they tickled the top a little bit and packed it down and threw some water on it. And um, and that was about it. Well, uh, tell you what, they will probably try to do better next year, and you can go. The dates have been announced. January 13th through the 18th, 2025, um, and uh, the Chili Bowl Nationals, powered by NOS Energy, will return. So, again, January 13th through the 18th. Um, I don't know. You think that we can get Chris to uh, sponsor some coverage for us to go out there for that one? Um, I don't know if they'll let me in after my comment. We'll have to see. <laughs> We'll make some edits uh, so, yeah. so, that, so that maybe nobody knows that that happened. Um, but I don't know. It's one of those races on my bucket list, Rich. I'd like to go out there at some point. Yeah, that it, I think most of that, I would not want to sit in that building for 12 hours. And, and if you looked at most of the days, it was fairly empty, right? Yeah. Um, and even in the morning um, of the final day, going through the soup, most of the grandstands were pretty empty. So nobody goes there and sits all day long and goes through all that stuff. There's no way. I don't think that the um, body could handle that much alcohol, Rich. No, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> but, but you know, they, they they get to about the they get to about the you know you get to about the I, I'd say E and D mains and and the grandstands start to fill up. Yeah. And then before you know it, you know, obviously before the. 
before they go to the sea and the bees, it's, it's pretty full in there at that point. And Zach, on the phone lines now, we have uh, a Michigan driver that uh, just got back from Oklahoma. He went out and spent the week out of the Chili Bowl Nationals. Uh, we'll talk about the Chili Bowl. We'll talk about her 2024 season and whatever else comes up. Makes her home in Shelby Township, Michigan. Taylor Ferns, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Man, over 350 drivers. What makes you want to go out and take that kind of challenge on? Yeah, no. Um, you know, Chili Bowl is a unique week and event in itself. I mean, geez, it's longer than a week now than when I first started going over 15 years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's grown so much over the years since I started going and just over time since it's um, a Negro outing um but yeah it's so crazy now up to over 350 entries i were there for almost nine or ten days now um but you know it's just a one-of-a-kind unique event and you know i wouldn't have had the opportunity to go if it wasn't for bob and janice east and terry clatt um you know i appreciate everything that they do for me throughout our regular season but also allowing me to race their car at the chili bowl with the lack of dirt experience that i do have as of recent um, you know, I raced a lot of dirt when I was up and coming and younger, you know, with the dirt midgets and, you know, the dirt wing sprint cars and all that. But obviously, you know, we talked before I've taken some time out of the seat. And just recently, I mean, my most recent dirt starts have been Chili Bowl the previous two years. And then obviously like the four or five dirt silver crown races that we had last year now, um, which seems weird to say, but you know, it's definitely a unique event. Um, I feel like sometimes now it's so big and almost commercialized in a way. It's more of a race. It's uh, a lot of networking and, um, you know, also for me, just learning and improving each time I go out on the track. I think I had like a personal vendetta, um, you know, <laughs> trying to get back in the dirt swing and, you know, each time going out there making personal improvements and working on my overall dirt skill set. And that will hopefully be translative into the Dirt Silver Crown stuff that I do this upcoming season. You, you mentioned the networking side of things, and I had a chance to talk to Steve Irwin at the Great Lakes Sprints uh, Banquet on Saturday where we did have the Chili Bowl on in between handing out awards. And and he talked about that networking thing, too. And he told a couple of stories and you know d spoke about where kind of deals are made. And I said, sounds like it's almost... Uh, like a PRI, if not better in some aspects. And he kind of agreed with that. Talk, uh, explain a little bit more about the networking side of things, what you can accomplish in that week at the Chili Bowl in Tulsa. Yeah, 100%. I feel like you hear a lot now, people who aren't, won't make it to PRI, if they can't come, will they be at Chili Bowl? And so it's definitely more just a race. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I was like, you know, it's just not how I remember it when I was younger. You know, you grow up like the nostalgia around the Chili Bowl, you know, I started going just to watch when I was 12 and obviously I started racing it when I was 16 years old. And, um, you know, not to me as a kid, it was more of a race, you know, like 100% there to race, which I still take the entire week and I'm there to race now that just as, as I was when I was younger, but, um, now being a team owner and the networking aspect, um, you know, I think about it in a different way now, almost, maybe this is like the business mindset of me, but it's like, you know, we spend all that time preparation, you know, and we show up and like, we maybe get 30 laps in a, a, for our one prelim day, yeah, you no know? Kidding. And, and so then you have like six or seven other days of downtime, you know, watching the other prelim nights and whatnot, or just waiting till 
soup day, which is Saturday. And so just filling that void of either, you know, I get a lot of work done during the day, whether it's like for my podcast or like for my law school or for my team doing uh, networking on that front, um, just maximizing my time. But also there's a lot of vendors there, you know, connecting with Simpson Race Products, um, who I've worked with since, geez, over 16 years now. Um, and then a lot of other team owners or drivers that are there and all the vendors and just connecting with them. Like, you know, I raced for Corey Cruzman when I was like 13. So I used to go out to California a lot and, you know, seeing Corey at the Chili Bowl. And, you know, I think Janice East said it best. It's definitely like a reunion. You know, you go to Chili Bowl and there's people that you haven't seen in a year, but you know that they're going to be at Chili Bowl. So like, that's your place of reconnecting. And, um, you know, just making the most of the week, I think, was like my theme, make the most of it, like enjoy myself. Um, it's become of so much more than just a race nowadays. And so I think just taking it in from all aspects. Taylor, put the driver's helmet back on. Let's talk about um, what it's like to go out there. I mean, I think I, I got to watch quite a bit of it this week, um, to be honest, and um, a little bit of luck a little bit of speed. And if you're out on either one of those, you're probably not going to make it to the end, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And it all really just starts in your heat race, right? Just maximizing each opportunity you can. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, including myself, that's the only dirt midget race I race, I race a year, you know? Um, and so, you know, a lot of people, it's like a bucket list thing. You're getting different people from all different experience levels, um, different sanctioning bodies, they race different cars, but you know, they're actually able racing. And so, um, you know, it's really a unique place that you get to race with people from all different series and divisions and different experience levels. Um, but definitely you have to take that into context of who you're racing around. And so that really, it all starts with the heat race. And so if you kind of fumble that, it's really hard to make it up. And, and so, yeah. And that's another thing. Um, all you, you said it, People you know you don't race against ever and all different experience levels. That can cause problems. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, even I mean, that's only dirt dirt midget race I race a year now. I mean, I ran the USAC national midget circuit for a few years outside of all the other dirt stuff that I did when I was younger, but now that's only dirt race I do a year. I have a lot of experience, as do you know, a lot of other people, but you know, I think to myself a lot of times and a lot of people say to me, Man, if she only races these things like three or four more times a year, like <laughs> I imagine how great she would be. So I get, I get really down and hard on myself because personally, I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential there, but you know, I give myself some grace throughout the race, the prelim night and like soup day, because at the same point in time, just try to take away as much as I can. And like basically try to race myself as well as the others around me to make sure I'm getting the most of the opportunity that I can and making sure that I can apply it to the other things that I'm more well faceted in now. Um, and just making the most of it. I can't say that enough. So 2023 was a year for you. And we talked about it the last time that we talked to you that was, I mean, determined to put yourself back into that. Uh, Taylor Ferns could win this race. Um, you know, look out for her when she's on the racetrack in a good way, like in a, in a competitive, yeah. um, you know, that was your whole 2023 wrapped up in a nutshell. And I don't know if you put pressure on yourself by doing that and marketing yourself that way, but just kind of recap your season, um, you know, 500 Sprint Car Tour, USAC National Tour, and 
did you meet your expectations uh, and your goals for 23? Yeah, so I'll just start off by saying we did not meet any expectations that I had set for not only myself, but for my team overall, and not in a good way. I'm very upfront in saying that. Um, I do put a lot of pressure on myself and you know, sometimes that does carry to like the guys around me because I expect so much out of like our capabilities and the equipment that I know we have. And like my crew chief, I think is one of the best crew chiefs in the pits. And, you know, I think I'm a really competitive driver and can run up front, at least now at all the pavement races we show up to. I know obviously dirt's been kind of my struggle recently with not having as much sea time in that. But, you know, I feel like I set myself up really ever since I, um, won that sprint car race a couple of years ago. And it was one of my first few races back at, after being out of the seat for a while. And, you know, I think that really showed like my ability even after being out for a while. And, you know, then with 2022, basically running up front at all the pavement silver crown races, I think this year I put a lot of pressure on myself to definitely knock out a couple wins in both series that I was racing for. Like that was those, that was really my goal. And so you know, you set high expectations for yourself. I mean, I thought they were super realistic based on our performances and, you know, some of the positive changes that I felt we had made last off season. Um, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. You know, life has other plans, you know, so we got thrown yeah. a bunch of curveballs early on. And, you know, I keep telling myself, I don't, I'm, you know, we hopefully remedied the issues that we had last year so I can focus on, you know, this new year. But, you know, we just had a lot of things with our PowerPoint or power plant department that just, you know, didn't work in our favor. And, you know, I do build it up a lot because I expect a lot out of myself, like whether I'm social media, but also I know the series that I compete in, they're like, they hold me to a high regard too. So I know the 500 tour, they're like, when is she going to get her first win? When is she going to get her first <laughs> no pressure. Series win? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, to me, that doesn't add extra pressure on me because... I think that um, it's a good thing that, you know, they can promote me in that way because I think it shows like their belief in me. Right. But um, at the same point in time, you know, I do feel like when we can't perform up to that level, like not only am I letting those people down and my fans down, but I'm really letting myself down. But I think that it all just comes back to just trying to control the things that are in your control. And I feel like we, we really tried to hone in on that and, succeeding in that level but the things that were out of our control which was a lot of things like there's so many variables to take into context with racing you know it just wasn't our year and so I just sum it up as a year of like growth and development and you know you have to have you have to take the good with the bad and in order to learn you have to have and go through a bunch of problems right and so it, we definitely encountered a bunch of problems that I hopefully will set us up for high forms of success uh, this upcoming year. Taylor, I got to ask you, you know, with everything you got going on, I probably, it makes my head spin too with everything you got going on and how busy you are, but with, you know, with the driver's hat and the team owner hat and, and everything you're trying to do. I mean, obviously with everybody knows with your law career, is that, does that some, with all that there, does it, does that take away some of the focus that you need? Uh, you know, I don't think so. And I would say like a firm no to that. Um, you know, I took, when I first started back up racing, I had actually coincidentally enough just started my whole law school endeavors. Right. And so, uh, you know, the previous, like in 2021 and 2022, I was taking summer classes 
Um, and, you know, was still just as competitive. You know, we were running up front, like podiuming the Silver Crown races. And I was just as busy, if not busier then, you know, working full time for the Sam Bernstein Law Firm and, you know, obviously taking my summer classes with law school. Um, but, you know, this uh, and throughout 2023, I didn't take any summer classes. I was like, you know, Bradford Allen, Mobile One, I have a lot of sponsors that are investing a lot of money in me. I don't want there to be any um, thoughts or like impressions that, you know, my concentration might be somewhere else when I'm at the racetrack. Um, because, you know, when I'm at the racetrack, I'm at the racetrack, like mentally and physically. And, you know, I'm there to win. Like I know everybody that you meet and interact with at the pits will say that, but there's also a realistic expectation with that as well. And so I feel like I come at that from a uh, realistic and like humble perspective, but um, you know, like when I'm there, I, everything else can like wait. And, you know, my crew chief and I kind of had that talk before our first race this year, like, because I've obviously taken over the team owner stuff. Like when I show up at the racetrack, like he just wants me to be a driver. So when I walk through the pit gate and I sign my name, on the insurance policy thing, like I'm a driver from there until I walk out. And so, you know, it's good that I can put my trust level and, and the responsibility in kind of a different hat while we're racing so I can focus on my duties. And, you know, I feel like as we were working through a lot of our problems that we had uh, throughout last season, you know, it really also adjusted my mindset um, and definitely put, gave me a stronger mentality to where, I just started really working harder. You know, it made me roll up my sleeves and work harder than what I really was like as a driver. And, you know, I started training at Pit Fit. I was at there every day. I'd be there for like two hours training. And, you know, I feel like that really helped with my concentration. Um, as Not only like from a physical aspect, but mentally. And, you know, just making sure that I can do, I still make sure every day that I can do everything I can be to make sure I'm a better driver, whether that's, you know, working out or, um, watching a lot of film like if when I'm not racing I'm watching some form of racing and so you know I try to put everything in it that I can that will just make me better and perform better on the track well and I think that's the other thing to keep in check too is you know this is the first full season where you're kind of trying to do this thing not trying you are doing this uh, you know as the wearer of multiple caps um, and so you know on that same nugget right you talked about it a little bit things that in the moment where huge disappointments and Debbie Downers, you probably take those now and those are building blocks and learning steps to where you could really have a lights out 2024 if those moments would have went your way. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm really into a lot of like philosophical things and like positive messaging and manifesting. And, you know, there's one quote that I always go back to that I'll see on, like, social media and, like, motivational posts that Denzel Washington said. And it's something about, you know, when something doesn't go right, like, what an opportunity you have, you know, to, like, try to fix that, you know, and work through it. And so I think it's viewing problems as opportunities, really, just to try to get better going forward. And so, you know, we had a lot of opportunities, <laughs> Uh, last season of like things that we needed to work through and I think really show my strength you know I think the thing was that you know it's easier to quit than to keep going and you know we got to a point in our season where it was not going our way in our favor at all and from point from the first race going forward you know um, we had a, we had a, at least one major problem each race and you know I got to a point in the season and it was like you know do we just 
you know, pull the plug now and regroup and get going for next and concentrate on next season? Or do we keep going forward? And, you know, I never even thought about pulling the plug to be quite honest with, like, I just couldn't do it. Like to me, it takes more courage to keep going and try to figure out how you're going to make it through than to just stop and quit. Um, so, you know, we pushed through, we made it through the end of the season. It may still not have improved very much more, but you know, (laughs) but you got there. Yeah. We never gave up and, you know, there was some positive with it and, you know, we sure learned a lot and, you know, I think it just made me better, um, as a business person, as a driver, as a team owner, just like more well-rounded and, you know, I was kind of going around PRI saying, watch out. Like, I feel like I'm so mentally strong right now that, you know, everything happens for a reason. So I'm viewing, we'll view the problems as opportunities. You know, you (laughs) you put up a post on social media and, and, you know, I think we all realize sometimes you got to put something out there to just get some traction and and get some people seeing what you're doing. But this one felt like a real, uh, actual test the waters type of thing. You asked your fans and your people, what would you like to see Taylor race in 2024? Was that uh, because you're thinking of doing something different or you just didn't know where you wanted to go? Or did you really just want to see where your fan base lies uh, for Taylor Ferns? Yeah. Well, I think it comes back to a lot of things like, you know, the fan bases and the fan interaction is such a big, it has always been a big thing, but you know, especially now with the involvement in social media and, you know, like what the sponsors like really look at um, as far as like from a marketing standpoint, but you know, I've been so well versed and, you know, I've been doing this 22 years now. And so, you know, I have, have had the opportunity to race a lot of different things. And so, you know, my fan base, I, I still get people from when I raced wing sprint cars. I mean, geez, that was 10, that'll be 10 years ago this year. And they still ask me, when are you coming back to Atomic? And so, and so, you know, um, I think it was really seeing, like, gauging the fan base in that perspective. But also, I am thinking about some of the opportunities that I do have to maybe try and dabble um, in some different things. But, you know, I always personally am going back and forth about what else I can kind of get my hands in. Um, because, you know, I would love to go back wing sprint car racing, but... Um, you know, with when I doing the financials and stuff like that, with how much, not that it's super, super expensive compared to some other forms of racing to put together a wing sprint car, but when you look at the engine components and how much all that stuff, I mean, everything is so inflated right now, but, yeah. um, you know, I would like to go back, but I think there's some, I really want to just focus on what I'm doing right now, because I just think for me personally, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I need to succeed within my sprint car and my silver crown stuff right now before I feel like I can, I can, or I should like continue to go on and try some other things. Like I really just want to have that, um, form of self gratification, um, with like getting those silver crown wins that I know we can do and getting those more sprint car wins that I know we're capable of. Taylor, we're, we're coming up, we're in 2024 now. So, and usually right after chili ball, everybody's deciding, exactly what they're doing so do you have your schedule kind of mapped out for 2024 what you're doing on the 500 sprint car tour and with the silver crown series yeah you know i do have i do have a mock schedule but i've been kind of going around joking saying i'm not committing to anything (laughs) (laughs) um i just based on like last season and you know the thing was i try to be as integral as i can and you know i committed 
last season to doing the full USAC Silver Crown thing and the full 500 Sprint Car Tour. And I think that was the additional pressure. Like, you know, I told these guys I'd be at all the races. And um, so, you know, just having follow through in that regard. But I think for this year, like the reason why I think I'm going to say I'm being, I'm not going to be as committal as maybe I was, was just, you know, just kind of take it race by race. You know, I struggled a lot on the dirt half miles and the Silver Crown stuff last year. And so, um, not to say if I don't feel like we should go or we're struggling that we won't go, but you know, I'm just going to kind of take it race by race. I'm still going to race my silver crown stuff. You know, I'll definitely be at all the pavement silver crown races. Um, and a majority, if not all of the silver crown races in general, but, and also a majority, if not all of the 500 tour races, um, I am right now trying to find something to race on the little 500 because that's a bucket list race that I really want to do and I feel like it's something I'm definitely capable of um so you know we'll just we'll see what happens but you know I'm going to just try to race as much as I can and be in the seat as much as I can because obviously that's of the utmost value and importance and you know maybe I'll Maybe you'll find me at another track somewhere racing a different form of car as well. Ooh, little teaser, little teaser. I like it, I like it. <laughs> uh, new-ish venture for you. You have dabbled in the media side of motorsports for the last couple of years as a writer for Speed Sport in their column section. And now uh, you're part of uh, Rich and Ice family by becoming a podcaster yourself. Talk about On the Drive and how that came about and, and how that's going, a, a fairly new venture for you. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I've been writing my, I've had my com with Speed Sport for, I think this will be the my second year with them. And so I'm really grateful and kind of, you know, emphasize my relationship with the Speed Sport family. You know, I love working with them and, you know, Janice East had brought it up to my attention, you know, her and I are really close and, you know, we'll go for our air quotes, tea time lunches, which end up turning into three hour <laughs> meetings. And, but, but, and Bob will definitely give us crap about that. But yeah. she has always kind of told me, you know, she's like, you're so well versed and so knowledgeable about so many different things. Like you should have a podcast. And, you know, I go back and forth and saying, you know, I don't know if people want to hear me ramble on and on about stuff or whatever but you know I thought about it and just took notes throughout the year and it just so happened at PRI I was talking with Ralph Shaheen and his partner and then my editor that I work with at Speed Sport about my idea um and they had said you know Grace Wolbing wants to do something similar like you guys should do it together Mm. and so obviously Grace writes for Speed Sport so we had that connection there and um so yeah we talked about it and yeah we literally came a lot of our ideas it was kind of super crazy um and kind of a divine intervention example yeah um our ideas basically really overlapped on what we wanted to do and the intention surrounding it and so yeah we basically put it together within a matter of a couple weeks and had our first episode we did we shot in studio down in mooresville uh with jade evidician I'm trying to pr- pronounce her name correctly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't pick an easy. I, uh, you didn't pick a softball on the first guess, did you? No, and I want to be respectful to how to pronounce her name. So, um, yeah, Jade Evadisi, and we did a little tutorial on the first broadcast on how to pronounce it. That's um, awesome. And so, yeah, it's called On the Drive, and we're it's available. On, sorry, guys, I'm going to have to plug my podcast. Oh, you absolutely uh, listen. I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't want people to find it. Yeah. But the cool thing is, Taylor, we're both on all of the same platforms. So please do yeah. it. 
Yeah, so when they're done listening to this, you know, hopefully they can go listen to the first couple episodes of On the Drive. You know, we had Jade on for the first one, and, you know, I'm a big fan of hers. Um, and, you know, I've gotten to know her and her family um, relatively closely over the past, like, few months, working through the whole car IQ competition and all that. So I really enjoy her, and I thought it was a really great interview. Obviously our first one, so, you know, there's some things to work on. Sure. Um, but, you know, we and then we interviewed T-Mez, which ended up just working out perfectly after all the stuff that had happened uh, on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, and he, and he is such, has such a great personality, so that was really fun. And, you know, I have been around and raced with T-Mez for over the past decades. Uh, so, yeah, that was a really great interview. I think it turned out well. So, yeah, just stay tuned. We're going to try to do it weekly. Um, but, you know, Grace and I are both so busy with all our other stuff that we do that, um, you know, we'll see what happens with it. But I think we're off to a really great start. We've had a lot of positive response, and so hopefully it'll only grow from there. And pretty cool to have the backing of Speed Sport, like you mentioned, for from doing their column to now their support with this uh, podcast venture. That takes a lot of uh, the production question marks out of the equation and just allows you to put on a really good show. Yeah, for sure, and I'm I'm really grateful for that because when we when I was down in Mooresville a couple of weeks ago to shoot the first episode, and, you know, we're gonna try to do the, the podcast like in studio at least once a month, just because we feel like you get it's kind of a different response when everybody's together. Oh yeah. Um. So you know, I'm gonna try to go down there once a month and do it in studio, but just kind of just looking around and seeing the producer, and I was like, wow, I'm so grateful that we can have can utilize these tools and resources to our advantage, like right off the bat, because otherwise it would just be, there's no way I would have the capacity to do all that with what I'm doing right now. Taylor, not a lot of tracks that you're able to have your fans come out to in our region, but uh, you're looking, uh, making sure you get back to Toledo this year. Oh yeah, for sure. That's definitely one of my favorite tracks on the circuit. So I know that we'll be there twice. It's actually the Silver Crown home opener this year on the Silver Crown schedule. So I believe the day is April 21st. Um, you know, that's been one of my strongest tracks the past couple seasons. And so, uh, you know, I hold that one to a high regard on the schedule. So hopefully, assuming no issues, we'll put on a good show, hopefully end up on the podium and see what happens there. And then we'll be back uh, with the 500 tour as well, I think. Sometime in June or July. Um, I can't remember the exact date. But, yeah, we'll be back there twice, and then we'll be back at Berlin, I think, a couple times, too, which um, not often do I get to race in Michigan. So, yeah, those will be the closest ones to home. How challenging is it, um, you know, in the past, it's been the championship event, in, typically late in October when you're going to Toledo. Uh, they Before before that, it was like midsummer. Now it's in the spring. Um little optimistic does that help you yeah you know that's something that I actually was thinking about I was like wow we're going to Toledo early spring okay we know how the weather is around here around that time so I yeah. was actually nervous that we were going to have a rain out problem um because I remember when my first sprint car race back after I took like my hiatus was actually at Toledo and it was an April race and they actually had to postpone it to like the next day because of rain wow um, so anyways, I have that experience. I think it'll be really similar to how we would race it and how the track would be when we, when they did it in October. 
Um, but it'll be the freshest like, equipment you've probably ever taken there. I, w I would not expect it to be 60 degrees in Toledo in the middle of April. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, there was that one year it was really warm in October. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. But definitely much different than racing it in August. I feel like um, whenever we'd go in August, it was always one of the hotter, hotter races that we had. Um, but, you know, I'm really excited. I, I That track, I think, is really fun, especially in the Silver Crown car as the race develops. And, you know, you can kind of get a second lane going. And I just feel like it's super racy. Um, and I think Silver Crown cars there are, are something special. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to going back. And I think it'll be interesting having it, having the race in April. Well, Taylor, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with you, whether we uh, see you promoting at a template late model race or see you at one of the 500 Sprint Car Tour or USAC events. Uh, uh, congratulations on, you know, persevering through a tough 2023, going out to the Chili Bowl, having some fun, and we're looking forward to hearing uh, more about your 2024 season. And uh, as we mentioned, don't forget, once you're done listening to this podcast, head on over to On The Drive. You can find it on the Speed Sport Network uh, or uh, YouTube or wherever else you listen to major podcasts. Taylor, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. I always appreciate talking to you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to catch up with Taylor, and uh, pretty cool that she got into the podcasting. Uh, when I saw that, I thought that that is right up her alley uh, because she always has done a great job when she comes on here to talk about what she's doing with us. And uh, I, like I said, I haven't had a chance to watch anything. I definitely want to go watch that uh, that Timaz interview prior to the Chili Bowl. And uh, Jade Abadizian is a name that's really catching a lot of traction right now in midget racing. Um, so, uh, and outside of midget racing too. So two really good interviews right off the top. And that's why I asked her ab about, uh, you know, did she have too much going on? Because I knew she added the podcast, uh, to what she was doing. And, uh, you know, I, that I was just curious, I said, you know, is this too much, you know, and she doesn't think it is. She thinks she can handle it. She's, and we know how smart she is. Um, oh yeah. I, I would never, I would never be approved to law school, but, uh, -huh. uh Obviously, you know, not happy with 2023 and looking to make big changes in 2024. All right. Uh, continuing open wheel night and looking at what happened on Saturday, Rich, I had some work to do as the Great Lakes family of sprint cars held their annual awards ceremony. And uh, a lot of drivers who were planned to be honored, um, some drivers didn't make it. A lot of the Buckeye region drivers didn't make it. Caps off to Mike Keegan. Uh, he braved the uh, the weather and made it up there from Fremont, Ohio. So I uh, was glad to see him. But a lot of the Northerners were there. Rich, we handed out trophies for several different things. Great Lakes Traditional Sprint Short Track Challenge. Steve Irwin was the champion. Max Frank in second um, in that deal which was a nod to the old MTS rules package uh, was what it was. No shock adjusters and some other different things that, that set that aside. And then uh, Steve Irwin, Jason Ferguson, and Max Frank, the podium finishers for the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints overall championship. Then you had the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints, and uh, Matthew Rygert did a great job. He presented those awards. Then the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and... I tell you what, I had a very important job keeping that all sorted out <laughs> for handing out those awards. I bet you did. But for the final time, Rich, a little bit of history on Saturday, an NRA trophy 
was handed out for the final time. Remember, National Racing Alliance dissolves in 2024, and it just becomes Great Lakes Super Sprints with a North Division and a South Division. So last time that you're going to see trophies with NRA on it, and uh, those were handed out. Jared Horseman, poetically, right? Would you rather have anybody else as the final NRA champion? He's got like nine of those things. Um, I think it's seven with two Great Lakes Super Sprints championships is his actual total. So um, poetic for that. Mike Keegan was there. Uh, I think that he finished uh, ninth or somewhere in there. Stan Baugh, he got an award in that division as well. And then, of course, Great Lakes Super Sprints North and Great Lakes Super Sprints Tour went to Smith Motorsports and Max Stambaugh and you know, it was pretty cool. Barry pulled me aside as we were doing the tour, and he said, I want you to make sure that you call Steve and Michelle Smith up because since 21, they have dominated Great Lakes Super Sprints. They've won the championship every year since 2021, and they were runners-up in 2020. Um, so, you know, that was pretty cool. And, you know, Rich, we're going to talk to Max about this coming up, but Smith Motorsports is in that Jimmy Johnson style. You know, you, you think about domination in motorsports. It's kind of that Jimmy Johnson, Max Verstappen type thing happening right now with Great Lakes Super Sprints. Nobody can beat Smith Motorsports. But they don't see, I guess the only thing is they don't seem to hang with the same driver too long. You know, they're doing it with different drivers. Uh, you know, they haven't had the same guy in the seat for five or six years or, you know, it, with the success they have. Uh, for one reason or another, you know, you get out, you know, Ryan Rule before, right? If I, I'm not the most knowledgeable on... On, on sprint cars, but I think, uh, you know, he drove for them and then Max jumped in the seat after Ryan left that ride and success with both of them, you know, and, and why not? They're two of the top drivers in our region anyway. Moving on an open wheel night tonight, Rich, it's our pleasure to welcome in the guy who picked up, I don't know, maybe like what, 30 pounds, maybe 50 worth of hardware over the weekend. Um, three times I had to call this guy's name up to the podium, and I'm going to do it again on Saturday during the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet. Makes his home in Elida, Ohio, Max Stambaugh. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. Um, what a fun night that we had on Saturday, Great Lakes Super Sprint Series Banquet. And, you know, obviously everybody's having a lot of fun, and we're I'm doing a job up there, but... You stop and you look at what you and, and Steve and Michelle Smith and Smith Motorsports accomplished this year. Hardware from the Buckeye region, NRA. Hardware as the champion of the Wolverine region. Hardware as champion of the Great Lakes Super Sprints Tour. And that was something that, at first, kind of happened by accident. And then you guys said, well, heck, we're here. We might as well run for this championship. Um I mean, you talk about 2023. I don't know if you've ever had a season as consistent and as good as that. I mean, maybe wins, you've probably had more. But what a year for you and Smith Motorsports. Yeah, just, you know, just like you said right there, I think uh, 2023 was a big jump in uh, Smith Motorsports. And, you know, winning two championships in one year is something that doesn't happen, you know, very often. So I think that just shows what me and Steve have, uh, you know, built together and, um, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, there's uh, not much better than, you know, seeing Steve and Victory Lane and, you know, calling me I'm the man or whatever you want to call it in a way. So uh, definitely the good times right now. And uh, it's uh, been a great couple of years. You know, when I talk to Steve, he he's humble. He really is. Steve Smith is very humble. And he said to me on Saturday, he goes, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding a certain way, but 
we have really good stuff right now. And I just told him, look, Jerry Reed has a whole song about this. When you're hot, you're hot. And that's just the way it is. Um, everybody's chasing Steve Smith Motorsports right now. What does that mean for you as a driver, Max, uh, to know that guys are coming, teams are looking at what you're doing, they're trying to catch up, and they will at some point. How do you guys try to stay ahead of that and, and make sure that you're staying as competitive as you have as you head into 24? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, yeah, we're on top right now. Um, our speed's really good, but uh, don't don't let uh, anybody fool you. There, there's guys right with us. So, um, you know, Lamberson's really fast. Gressman's gotten fast. Horseman's always fast. Daggett, you know, Dahlman had a little rough year, but, you know, he's still my buddy, and he didn't forget how to drive overnight. So there's, you know, there's six guys right there. Um, the list goes on. I think what the Great Lakes Super Sprints has going right now is, is probably the best thing that's happened in Michigan in a long time. And, um, it, it's pretty cool to be considered on top right now. Uh, you know, with your rankings, I thought that was a very cool deal and, um, just, just happy to be fast right now. And, and, uh, don't let Steve fool you, you know, he's out in the shop already <laughs> thinking about next year and, uh, you know, he's already got some great ideas. Max with the acquisition merger, whatever you want to call it. Um, is this, this is giving you a chance to get to more racetracks that you may not choose to go to on any given weekend um is that making the driver better i think so um we kind of get into our element uh in a way um i think next year um if you look at the 2024 schedule you know there there was a lot of comments out there and you know man when it come out i i just was kind of excited i think a lot <laughs> of them tracks are different for people and we kind of get out of the same stuff we've been doing the last couple of years i mean gas city lawrenceburg you know there's there's a lot of high-speed tracks. Millstream's back in the game. Uh, that's a good Sunday night track. It always was back in the day when I was, you know, a lot younger. So I think mixing it up, Rich, has is, is been really good for not only me but uh, the whole group. So what do you guys uh, – I mean, you mentioned the guys that are still fast. I, I come to those events, and, you know, any one of those guys you mentioned can win on any given night. We know that. And along with others, the other guys that pop in. But how do you guys – I mean – you how do you maintain this? Because you're now two you two years into this, and really your race team doesn't show any signs of weakening. Yeah, just, you know, you got to stay sharp. Me and Steve have been in the shop all winter. Um, Zach and Ty, you know, they're there every weekend during the summer. Uh, just, you know, like the banquet this last weekend, you you got to realize what everybody does for you to go racing, and, and, and you don't want to take it for granted because at the end of the day, you know, it could just be me and Steve someday, which – you know, I'm not saying we couldn't handle it, but it's always good to have, you know, Zach's my tire guy and, you know, too tight, uh, too tight tie, you know, everything on the car is always tight. I know that for a fact, cause I can't get half the shit loose. <laughs> so, you know, the, the team that we have right now is very good. Um, we, we are very strong and, and I think that shows, uh, do I think we need to be even better? Absolutely. So, um, we're, we're on our homework already. Don't worry, Rich. I think, you know, me, um, I'm always watching YouTube videos. I think that's a great thing as well. And me and Steve are already talking about shock programs and, you know, stuff like that. You talk to Steve and, uh, you know, you guys do have a 410 program, but it doesn't get dusted off very often. And, you know, him and I kind of speculated on what that is about. But talk to me, you, you know, that 410 program, is the 360 stuff just that good right now that you don't? unload the 410 unless it's absolutely necessary like a high limit show in the region 
No, I, I think you make a good point there. Um, I think our 360 program is about as good as it's going to get. We're on top of our game. You know, we're ranked. Uh, our runs show. Um, but the 410 stuff is something we need to do again. That's something that, that's where I've been before. Um, do I feel like I would probably be lying if I said our 410 program don't slack because I think that's pretty obvious. You know, the average race fan, you know, I think can see that. But but we, like what, I said, what's you know, the what is the difference? What's the difference? How why can you be so good? And I'm asking for the fan who says it's a sprint car. Mm-hmm. Why is it so different? Uh, to why doesn't it cross over right? The rapid success and the domination in the 360. Why isn't it just instant in the 410? Uh, just there's a lot of different things, you know, set up driver, you get, you run a 360 too many times and uh, maybe you fall back in the seat a little bit, uh, setup wise, you, you can't fall behind, you know, no offense, but if you, you know, I can qualify seventh in a 360 show and, and tell Steve, Hey, we're you know, we're, we're kind of far off. Well, if you're a little far off in a 410, you're going to qualify about 30th. And wow. then, uh, you know, me and Steve will start yelling at each other. So <laughs> it's, it, it's a step to, um, I think, I think that's the route we want to go. There's a lot of things changing in racing right now, and there's a lot of money being out there. It, obviously, I think everyone sees that. So um, Steve's 410 program, I think this year you'll see a little more. Uh, so I brought up High Limit, a former All-Star Rookie of the Year in Max Stambaugh. Um, I'll open this up for you a little bit to the opinionation side of things, uh, which you might hear more of here on Horsepower Happenings. Um, All-Star goes away. High Limit absorbs it. Um, the fast series gets the Ohio sprint week, something that you're not typically known for running. Anyhow, kind of your thoughts as somebody who ran with the all-stars at one time and watched that regional tour grow and become a national thing. And now really with it being gone, high limit challenging world of outlaws for national territory. What was your thoughts as a driver when you kind of watched all that unfold? Um, you know, that's, that's a tough question. I think everything's good for racing. You know, I, um, Obviously, I, I have opinions. I, I don't think anyone will ever beat the all-star name. You know, as a little kid, you, you grow up watching the all-stars and you say you want to be an all-star driver. And I was very fortunate, you know, to get a chance at that. Um, what, what High Limit's doing is great um, for the money. But, um, you know, like, you know, I'll go back to your other question is why would Max Stanball load his 410 up and go to a High Limit show at Butler? when Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson and, you know, Brent Marks are there <laughs> and he can go race for $2,500 against Mikey Keegan at Silver Bullet. You know, I think the writing's on the wall. Um, I think, yes, we need to go run them races, but at the end of the day, I'm probably a more realistic driver than people think, and um, I'm not going to put myself in battles like that. Max, do you think this, you, do you think it's intentional that they're going to compete against World of Outlaws? Because – it has a feeling of Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series where, the, where, you know, against World of Outlaws Dirt Late Model Series. Um, there really wasn't anybody out there pushing, you know, World of, World of Outlaws sprint cars until now. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, and it's all about the money. So High Limit's trying to give the race teams more money. So you got to give them kudos to doing what they're doing in a smaller way. I would say it's the same thing as what Sod was back in the day. Um, sure. You know, I remember coming up to some side shows, and I think I was racing for like $1,200. So look at what Barry's done with GLSS and what he's created. We're racing for, you know, $2,000, $2,500, $3,000. So at a smaller level, it's all about the money, right? Like, you know, no one's making money racing. Don't let them fool you, but it's all about what you can get back. I always thought it was weird, too, because like Rich brought up World of Outlaws late models and Lucas Oil late models. 
and even locally, it is nothing to see a dirt late model program pay four grand to win five hundred to start, and then you go to a GLSS show and you see a two thousand dollar check in Victory Lane, and I ask myself why, <laughs> why? Because the show is as good, if not better, um, than what you're seeing out of a dirt late model show on a regular Saturday night, and I, I even think, like you mentioned, high limit really was trying to bring the purses up. Why has there been that separation for all these years between uh, the fendered cars and the wing sprint cars in, in the pay scale? You know, and, that, and that's a hard one to answer, right? I've always wondered that. Um, you know, I got second at East Bay last year, and that's like the king of the three, 360s deal, and yeah. it's 10 grand to win. And, you know, we walked out there like $5,500. You know, I'm just going to be honest. And it's like, man, I just got second. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm, I saw the 10 grand check to Sam and I'm thinking, man, it's a good payday for Mad Max. But, uh, I just had enough money to go play a little more roulette than I normally do. <laughs> well, that separation will high limit force other series to step up their game. I mean, is fast going to have to, uh, you know, up their ante or is Barry going to have to look at his pay structure? I don't know. You know, a regional 360 tour. Do, do you, do you see that coming down the line where maybe sprint car racing in general does get a little boost out of this? Um, I, I think it's going to have to, I would, I don't think GLSS is going to change much. I don't think it has to. Um, but at the same time, I say that the tires are more expensive, you know, the, the set of wings are expensive and you know, the, the parts on the race car, you know, everything's, everything's going up. Motor rebuilds are going up. You know, there's gotta be a point where, um, it, it's gotta give a little, you know, I, I'm for the racers. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've owned my own car as well. So it's hard for me to say this, but you know, well, Hey, maybe some races should pay more to win and less to start. Um, but at the 410 level, like you said, things are going to change. The fast deal's got a chance right now to, to really step up in the region and make something happen. Max, you know, we, we can talk about, you know, add and pay and give more money back to the racers. And the, but it, I don't know that you can just go to any promoter and say, well, you have to pay more money. Um, you have to run into the right sponsor that's going to make that happen for you. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you hit it right there. Look at High Limit. Look who they got. They got Flo. They got Kyle Larson. They got Brad Sweet. I mean, if, if there's anyone else you want in sprint car racing, I think that's the three people I'd want involved on my side. So, um, it's going to be very interesting these next couple of years with the, you know, two deals. Um, we'll just have to sit back and kind of see, I, I, I think even at the 360 thing, if you notice the ASCS is uh, still very tough, don't get me wrong, but it's not what it was 10 years ago. Um, all just because, I'll, do you feel, all just because of a name and, yeah. falling off of it. Right. I mean, you lose that Lucas oil branding and that Lucas oil support and it felt like that thing just disappeared, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you if you think of it, I, I think they had maybe five or six full time guys. So, I, I agree with that. It, it is a name thing, um, just like our deal right now. I think Great Lakes, you know, Barry, you know, I'm sure he listens to this stuff. You know, he does a great job with what he's got. Uh, he promotes his races. You know, for some reason, the 71 keeps you know finding their name on the banners a lot of the times <laughs> for the race, which that's pretty cool, right? So, uh, I think Barry does a good job with what he's doing. It's it's all about getting the format right. Um, you know, we, we got to get something to where the faster guys get to start up front a little more. I think the old 71 had to start six on back majority of the races this year. Now, high limit is kind of, you know, you talk about driver friendly. It really is because they have a couple different options. You don't have to run their whole big tour schedule. They got the midweek schedule. If you want to go racing, that doesn't usually conflict with anybody else, wherever they, you know, wherever they decide to run. 
And that's in a, like a, a mini series itself that pays a pretty nice chunk of change. Yeah. And, and also something cool too, Rich is, you know, the Maverick deal. I don't know if you've heard much about that. Um, yeah, geez, we, we forgot about another uh, sprint car tour that was coming around, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Maverick deal, I think will be another good thing with like fast. And then obviously you're Attica Fremont's and it just kind of gives somebody like me and Steve a opportunity to kind of get about, you know, out of the element, maybe a little bit. And if we want to kind of go do something else in a way, we, we have that option. Well, 2024, you know, we know that your run for a championship in 23 was accidental. And you talk to Steve and you say, what are you doing in 24? And he goes, I don't know. I don't even know if Max has actually signed back to Smith Motorsports yet. He won't sit down and talk to me, uh, which I just thought was hilarious because we know that you guys are going to come back and do this again. Um, what do you guys think you're going to do this year? Is it another one where you just uh, kind of see where the cards fall or uh, do, you, do you remain non-committal at this point? Uh, I know I think you got some plans here in the next month or so. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, right now we really aren't committed to anything. Uh, you know, I think everyone knows you'll see the 71 at GLSS races. Um, you know, me and him haven't really hashed out a schedule yet because everything just kind of come out. You know, it's going to be 360 base, and then we got the 410 also. So um, we're excited. I, I think maybe taking a break from points racing might be a good thing. Um but it just depends at the same time. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I wouldn't go race for points again. I think we all know I would. So um, Steve's kind of turned me into a points racer if there's anything that's <laughs> happened. Because, you know, 2018 to 21, I don't think you saw me run much points. Well, and I think about, too, you know, again, back to your rookie of the year, the All-Stars. At one time, you were a national touring driver who kind of bounced around. And I feel like you found a little bit of a home here with Smith Motorsports. And this GLSS schedule feels like a national touring schedule um you guys could really get in you know that back to that 60 65 races a year uh mark if it all fell right and that's a lot well you you call steve and tell him 60 65 races <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that's gonna happen well but, but right no, so he, you're, you're anywhere from fair. like that 40 30 30 to 40 range aren't you <laughs> Right, right. You know, last year, it's funny. He said, you know, hey, we're going to be around 25, 30. Well, I think we ran like 38. So um, I, I expect us to be in that 25, 30, you know, and if things are going good, I don't you know. know, it might be 35. I, I don't know. If you're starting, so we'll in, if, if you're starting in February and you run all those GLSS races and then end of the years and high limits. All right, Steve. Write the check. You're doing 40 to 45 this year. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like, I like you put him on the point because sometimes I do, and I, I feel mean. So, so, Steve, that one's on Zach. Well, and, and, two, I want you to talk on the other point that I made uh, because there was a time there where every time the calendar switched years, Max was in a different car. What has been different over these last three years um, with, with Smith Motorsports where you've been able to settle in? Well, I think – I think, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious. I think I was always pretty committed to the rides I've had, but when me, when me and Steve teamed up, I think the best thing about us is we actually struggled together at first. We didn't come out of the box and win. And um, I think that showed, like, his character and my character is, you know, we, we really worked hard for what we got, and then things started happening. And, and not only is Steve a great car owner for me, but he's a great friend. So the, the team that we have right now, 
me and Steve, it, it's a good feeling for me. And, and like you said, it does feel like home. You know, it's probably a bonus I date his daughter. But that's, that's I was going to ask if you your know, uh, relationship it's, status. It's all a good deal. I was going to ask if your relationship status had any uh, bearing on the butt that your or the seat that your butt sat in. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I I feel like Steve is pretty easy to get along with. Um, I'm probably a little bit of a pain myself. I think I know that. So, but it means well. I mean well at the end of the day. So it's a really good deal. Um, you know, Steve and Michelle, they don't they don't got to do this every year. Um, they 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 want to do it, and it shows that they want to with the you know the equipment they put on the racetrack, uh, the tires they buy, you know, the motor combinations we have, the race cars. I mean, Steve wants to go buy a new top wing this week, and and you know I've never even tore a top wing up for him. You know, knock on wood, but. It just shows how 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 you know he how much he cares. And by the way, Rich, they mentioned I was talking to Michelle and Steve at the banquet, and over thirty years, Steve has been doing this in some way, um, longer than Max or I have been alive. Steve Smith has been involved in in racing, so uh, pretty cool tenure for Smith Motorsports. Yeah, I'm just curious that you know he hasn't been in contact with his car owner too much. I just wondered, Max, what are you looking at? Uh, when's the next time you're going to be in the race car? Yeah, we're, you know, we're shooting to go down to East Bay, uh, as long as the weather looks good and everything. Um, we, you know, we want to go back down there because it's, I think it is the officially the last year. I think they've said that for like three years now, yeah, but, yeah. um, it, it is the last year. So I what think we want to start what the year down there. That? What are the dates for that? Oh man. Oh, uh, I know. I think February 15th. Yeah. I think you're really close. 15th, it is actually, 17th. it's the same week as, uh, the ASA stars national tour opener. Um, I know that because I'm eyeballing whether or not I can make a, the, a week out of this. Th- that's on the 13th. Yeah, so the 15th through the 17th, and then the Daytona yeah. 500 is the yeah. 18th. So there I was you even go. right. Uh-huh. Oh, great. Yeah. So I leave. I I leave. I leave the Tampa area on the 14th, Max. Sorry. Good. Good. I'm I'm mad at you for going Typical down there anyhow. Fashion. I know. Well, well, that whole week before you get there, it's Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models. So. Nothing wrong with that. Typical rich fashion. He'd rather go watch (laughs) Fender cars, Max. New new ride. Uh, This hasn't been announced yet, so I won't make you dive into it. But um, and and you can if you want to, or you can skate around this question. But you're going to have some new partners for 2024, and that's always exciting too. Yeah, just you know, um, you know, I'll 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 probably let them do that part. Okay. Just the opportunity Smith is giving me is, is I think Steve knows um, how much it means to me um, winning the championship, you know, having the banquet last weekend. And, and you can tell that uh, he, he truly cares about this deal and um, he, he doesn't short me at all. You know, I think everyone's happy as long as they're beating the home pro car Marshall Campbell and we're doing that and that makes <laughs> me feel pretty good. Uh, well, there it is. Uh, Great Lakes Super Sprint schedule is out. Check it out. You'll probably see uh, Max and Smith Motorsports there quite a bit. Smith Motorsports on Facebook, a good place to follow along. And uh, Max, who knows? We might be hearing more out of you. Uh, you had a great idea Saturday night that, that I'm pretty interested in. Uh, maybe we get Max on the show more often to heckle other sprint car drivers in the name of media. Uh, what do you think about that, Rich? Um, that's all we need, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Max, man, always a pleasure. Thank you for making time for us tonight, man. Uh, congratulations, right? Three championships uh, for Smith Motorsports with you behind the helm. Four in the last uh, three years. So uh, what what a run you guys have had. And uh, now you got no pressure going into 2024 to do it again. 
Yeah, Zach, uh, just just a you know, like you said, a great 2023 year. You know, here we are. It's already January. We're you know gearing up for a new year, and um, the celebrations are going to stop, and the work's going to start. So, just uh, the opportunity Smith gives me. Uh, you know, Steve knows our, our our relationships a lot better than people think. Um, we we do talk more often. You know, my texting back's probably a problem, but you know, just just this opportunity I have with um, Smith is it's really good, and I'm I'm glad to be the driver of the 71H. Always an honor and a privilege and always a lot of fun to catch up with Mad Max. And uh, over a couple of Pepsis on Saturday, he said, you know, you should bring me on that podcast more often and we'll talk to more open wheel guys. And I said, deal. And he kind of looked at me. I said, I shrugged my shoulders. I said, if you want to do it, let's do it. And uh, I think we're going to end up doing that in season six (laughs) of Horsepower Happenings, which is coming up next month. And uh, look for some more cool stuff coming up next season as well that we've got uh, on the upcoming horizon. Um, Rich, speaking of upcoming, busy weekend, believe it or not. Uh, Third banquet in a row for yours truly, and uh, the first race of the season that we're kind of uh, invested in. Yeah, two out of three for me. I took this this weekend off. Um, But yeah, uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet has their, uh, their championship banquet Saturday. This Saturday, uh, January 20th, uh, if you want a ticket, you can't get one now. Tickets are all cut off. They are sold out. I think they sold out a little over a week ago. Um, so we're going to have a full house at Zaccaro's uh, up there in Mount Clemens. And, uh, Zach, you and I get to work together. We're going we're gonna to give out some trophies to all of the member tracks. A bunch of kids are going to be receiving trophies for their carts and mini wedges and and then all the way on up to uh, mem- series memberships that uh, – that won championships as well. So we're going to be up there for a little while. We're going to be under pressure. So we got to set the record so we can't take our time and do a two hour award ceremony. Well, I think too, and and we talked about this uh, for the first time in quite some time, the Michigan auto racing fan club uh, has taken the philosophy of if you're not first, you're last. And you mentioned the kids and we love to honor the kids and respect the kids, but that was a very long process doing top three in all of these member track uh, divisions, champions only this year, Rich. Uh, if you're a winner, you get a trophy, and that's the way it should be. And uh, so that's going to help us with our time. Yep, when, but here's the thing. The board only did champions only, but they still sold out. So yeah. um, So what that means is more people br- are bringing more people. Um, Look at this list well, of, of, of uh, establishments that will be honored on Saturday. Arthur Raceway, Auto City, Birch Run, Capital City Quarter Midgets, Jeg Seori All-Stars Tour, Crystal, Flat Rock, Great Lakes Super Sprints and Traditional Sprints, Kalamazoo, Motor City Kids Racing Series, Merritt, Mid-Michigan, Midwest Classic Racers, Must See Racing Sprints, Mount Pleasant, National Dirt Compact Touring Series, Owasso Speedway, Showcase Auto Sales Mini Wedge Series, Silver Bullet, Springport, Thunderbird, Toledo, Tri-City, Vores Compact Touring Series, Whittemore, and Winston will all be honored and uh, are all members of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. That's unusual. I didn't think Winston ran long enough to have a have a track champion. Did they? What they run? Two or three weeks? Was that it? Well, I think that they got more in than we remember, just because it was a, a an abrupt stop. Um, remember, they started early in April, and I think that they ended late June, so they're going to recognize, and the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club 
I don't think this is Winston Speedway that stepped up and said we want to do this. I, if I remember right, Rach, I think the fan club stepped up and said, we're going to honor you or if you were leading the points at the time of uh, the doors closing. So that's uh, pretty pretty cool for them to do that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I just wasn't aware. I was like, wow, I just didn't. Uh, it, it, not like it matters either, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, all, all of those are member tracks or member series that support the fan club. And, um, you know, so if your if your track is not a member, have them get a hold of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club and and say you want your track to be a member and uh, have your promoter reach and re- get out to John Jackson, the president. Now the other it's really, thing, it's a really cool deal. The other thing going on this weekend, Rich, uh, that will have our attention before the banquet gets underway is Speed Fest. The uh, the Protect Your Melon Buckle Up Speed Fest 2024 ASA CRA Super Series versus the ASA Southern Super Series and the Jeg CRA All-Stars Tour, they'll do battle in separate races on Saturday night. And, uh, Rich, a couple of names from our area going down there for the Jegs Tour, so we're going to have to keep our eyes and ears peeled for that. Kevin Cremonesi is scheduled to make the trip down there. Uh, also, the newest and latest driver for the uh, newly formed, um, drawing a blank here, Person host of Thank our you. I'm see- I can see the red and white 14 in my brain, and I just can't come up with Carson Hosevar. Chase uh, Pinsano. Yes, so so Zach Dunson and Chase Pinsano yep. will get their first uh, seat time with each other. Gage Rogers, who is a part-time Arkham Menards National Series driver, uh, he will make his Jigs Tour debut down in uh, sunny Florida or in sunny Georgia. So um, some some names going down there, Rich, uh, to keep an eye on from our region. Yeah, it's just disappointing. This I think this is the first year in a while either you or I have not been there. I think you're right. Um, you know, but uh, I had a good time last year in um, both of the, the races, the Super and the Pro Late Model. The Super, you look through the entry list for that, and it's just incredible again. Uh, once in ca- even Jake Finch added his name to the list, which is which is pretty big. So uh, we'll have to see. We might be able to. We might be having the thing on our phones for a little while. Um, going back and forth but i i don't know if the, are they racing at night or in later in the afternoon oh no this is an afternoon rich race we should we should know uh we should know the winners we before should know we get everything going. before we get going there so well hey i tell you cool. what that uh, i want to say thanks to barry marlowe and uh his his uh, staff for putting on a great banquet on saturday uh thanks to smith motorsports and and max and rachel and Greg and Keegan and uh, Brad. Oh, Brad Lamberson. I was telling you earlier who, who all went to the after party, and somehow I forgot that Lamberson was there. And his wonderful fiance, who I finally met, Gary tells me all the time that his niece is engaged to Brad. Well, I finally met her, um, and she said, you kind of work with my Uncle Gary. And I'm going, Gary, Gary, who do I work with? Gary, Gary, Gary. And she goes, Gary Lindahl. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> So that was pretty cool to do that, too. But uh, what a fun weekend it was, and so uh, thanks to those guys. Sounds like I missed a good time out there. but You kind of missed I, it. We, we clued you in a little I, on it. I know, I know. I appreciate you guys all of a sudden calling me <laughs> at the end of the night when you all, when everybody had their faculties. Oh, That's no. I appreciate it. No, the scary part is, Rich, that was cross flags halfway home. We were just getting rolling. <laughs> So uh, I tell you what, what a good time. We'll see you this weekend at the uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet. Looking forward to that. Take a week off, and then Speed Weeks uh, are here, Rich, and a new season. 
of horsepower happenings is on the horizon, so looking forward to that, too. On behalf of Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, our thanks to uh, Taylor and Max for joining us on the show tonight. For Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.